Last time on Almost Heroes. We open with the boys soaring majestically skyward through the air towards Westreach, astride our magical ponies and cart. After a not-so-graceful landing in some poor farmer's cornfield, corn in our teeth and all strewn about through the cart, we finally made it to the front gate, where there were some guards who were thoroughly confused, no fault of our own, on our reasons for arriving in town. They were able to eventually give us some information on the local watering holes where we could possibly stay the night and perhaps get some information on the troubles some of the local sailors have been having with pirates. On our way towards that watering hole, the Sandy Shanty, Ringram persuades the group to make a detour towards a large statue in the Bay Area. And upon failing to animate it himself, Ringram realizes that this statue is indeed already animated in a large iron golem of sorts and quickly turns tail as to not piss off the enormous golem guarding the bay. And after passing through town, Glynn seeing a few shady characters and some intriguing storefronts, we arrive at the stables of the Sandy Shanty, where Rangrim and Glynn were successfully able to intimidate a young stable boy into providing exceptional care for the ponies. Entering uh, Sandy Shanty, we were welcomed by a blue dragonborn we came to find to be the sister of Jody, the bartender in Whitport. Glenn, using his natural cunning, was able to carve out some good bar space for us. We shortly wore out our welcome, however, with the barkeep after a civil debate about refills and how many ales two actually is. Glenn finally able to get Val, the real deal mixologist, to make him a cocktail. He receives the local favorite. And after one sip of this five gold martini, Glenn spits the mouthful of gin and seawater directly at Val. Our ever-adorable shenanigans happen to attract some interest in a chuckle from an onlooker at the other end of the establishment. Glenn and the group make their way over to this sea-hardened-looking fellow, and in speaking with their new friend, the group learns of the trouble many of the ship captains have had with pirates and the much more coordinated attacks, much more coordinated than the average ragtag crew would be able to pull off. This captain offers us a small job of protection for him and his crew on his next voyage, and implores the group to go and meet his first mate at the docks to ensure they are on the ship's manifest. After trying to force-feed Cosmo as much booze as possible, Rangram goes to see if he can get the names on the ship's manifest for the voyage, and after going below deck, following some ominous dark lighting, he is greeted by an old friend, the dark elf bard, Ego. Thank you very much, Dan. That brings us to episode 54, Bizarre Encounters. So, welcome back, travelers. We pick up with our Almost Heroes in the midst of a night out on the town in the coastal city of Westreach. Uh, Glenn and Cosmo are tying one on at the local tavern, uh, the Sandy Shanty, while Rangrim has just encountered a friend from his past aboard the ship of their new friend, Captain Combs. So, Rangrim, you find yourself below deck, uh, you know, kind of catching up, in the midst of catching up with uh, your old, uh, yeah, dark elf bard friend, Ego. Uh, in this like below deck in the ship uh, that's captained by Ca- uh, Captain Delvin Combs you just recently met and uh, in this like under area that's kind of like storage on the ship this like medium-sized uh, like kind of you know 
not the baby bear, not the papa bear, but the mama bear or size of ships. Uh, and the right. lighting, lighting down below is like this green, purple kind of like ambient lighting that's reminiscent of like luminescent mushrooms and, and fungi of the Underdark. And uh, so Ego, uh, kind of uh, continuing your conversation that's been going uh, within the last week of, uh, <laughs> since our last uh, episode. So you mentioned that uh, you were about to pull a prank on uh, your your companion, huh? Uh, yeah, we we got him like absolutely like blind drunk, and he hates the ocean for some reason. And I thought it'd be hilarious for him to wake up on a boat, and like we make him take it sinking or something, or there's like a cracking. It's really scared to piss out of him. It would be great. He'd love it. Well, uh, count me. Yes, you've. Uh... As you've just joined the crew of the ship, uh, count me on board with uh, making making sure that uh, that becomes a reality. You always were a fun one, Ego. He, he tips his hat, uh, doing another like low bow, and goes, well, my friend, no time like the present. Lead away. And um, I would uh, just escort Ego back to the, I'm assuming they're still at the Sandy Shanty, unless they're just bar hopping all along West Reach right now. <laughs> Yeah, so um, that's a, we can hop back to the to Cosmo and Glenn. Um, there'd be a little bit of time kind of overlap here. So, what would you all be um, have been doing in the in the interim aside from like talking to Captain Combs? Like, would there been other questions you would have been wanting to ask him? More information? Um, is Cosmo just blackout drunk on the floor? Like, what's happening? <laughs> um, I think Cosmo is definitely uh, he's definitely well inebriated and. Um, Maybe you find we come back to find Cosmo just telling old stories to Glenn and uh, this captain about coming across the sea and just well, there was this one day when I was a wee lad and uh, this giant monster came out of the sea and was attacking our ship. My dad, he took me below deck, but I swore it was the size of three ships. Maybe what four. What did it look like? What does what the giant sea monster look like? This G- the sea monster, it had like a thousand eyes. And it was all clustered up and it had a bunch of tentacles and claws. And uh, would have swallowed the ship whole. That sounds, that sounds awful. Does that sound familiar? And it looks over to the captain. I think he's looking at uh, you all and kind of like blank amusement uh just very much like having let this play play back and forth just kind of taking it all in from his new uh guard that he has hired for his ship um well uh that's something i have seen some some wild things out on the on the open open sea but that is uh that is quite a tall tale uh you know i I haven't seen something quite that quite that wild now there are some some deep creatures of the sea and some Krakens and you know some t- some turtle dragons and some some things. I, I've been lucky enough not to encounter some of those uh, ship swallowing monstrosities, but whew, hopefully you're not bringing any of that with you. Bringing it with me? I didn't want it at all. Do you, do you have extra monsters? Well, I mean, I do have this bag of holding, but I've never seen anything in it. Does it come with a monster? And he just like starts digging his arms straight out in there, like fishing around pull anything out he just pulls out he feels something he's like oh i don't and then uh you could tell maybe he like felt the key and didn't want to pull it out there's not drunk enough (laughs) uh glenn seeing that cosmo doesn't pull the key out 
stands up and very soberly sways his way to the bar and takes one of like the steins that he one of Cosmo steins and just wraps it on the table really hard to get someone's attention. Um, yeah, I, I think that um, I think that your buddy, I think your buddy Kelso, uh, who was uh, the the elf, the kind of hoity-toity elf that was uh, wood elf that was behind the bar earlier. I think he's back from his break at this point and is uh, kind of. You, you see him kind of like look over at the table and kind of just with the slowest gait possible kind of makes his way over, stopping at like basically every single table before he can get there and then walks over to the table kind of not looking at you and goes, is there something I can help you with? Cal, Cal so I'm a friend, I'm a friend. I like hit him on the back really hard. So I just need two more of these or two, two of these. <laughs> and whatever Cosmos is drinking. And then, what uh, what what did uh, what did was Glenn drinking? Just like oh, he's just holding up two of the steins. Okay, got, Glenn's gone. Glenn's okay. drinking <laughs> anything at this point. <laughs> um, Cosmo is like, well, I'm not drinking anything right now. It's empty. Four more of these. Hold them up. Well, no, the four seems a little steep. I'll take one. I think um, I think uh, Captain Combs actually uh, roll me uh, both you roll me perception checks with disadvantage. Thanks for giving me just disadvantage. <laughs> uh, perfect. I rolled a seventeen and a three, so mm. seven total. No, eleven total still. Wow. What'd you get there, Cosmo? Did you get a one? Uh, you said a perception check. Yeah, with yeah. disadvantage. It's a nat one. Hey. <laughs> I don't think either of you see that be, uh, as you're looking over at Kelso from behind you all, you just, uh, Captain Combs is just like, nah, cut him Super off. Fair. Super cut him fair. off. Uh, and Lynn's, Kelso's like, let's do the thing where you're like trying, when you're texting, you're like holding one eye open to like see if you can focus well enough on like the one Kelso in front of him. I'll be right back. Don't you worry. And Kelso walks back to the bar and doesn't come back. <laughs> Uh, and I think right as that as that's happening, um, I think that's when uh, Rangram. I think that you would uh, you walk in uh, escorting uh, Del Merth as Captain Combs knows him, or Ego as you know him. Uh, guys, I don't think I've ever said this to you before. This is my friend, Ego. Right? It's like the one other guy that I know. You remembered his name? Oh my oh, god! Yeah, it's- I must be drunk. I'm not bad with names. I remember you're, your you're, name. I'm pretty sure I had like three names before you could uh, get to me or get get it right. Well, don't you have a middle name? Uh, Osmo a, Jasper Stone. There's a, there's there's a space names. there. Does that count? Cosmo Space Stoneheart. Your parents it, were weird. That's a strange name. They just left like Steven room. Universe. They just left room for my last name. That's that's it. They just left room for my last name. <laughs> well, no, but seriously, it's my friend Ego. He's the, he's the he's the first mate on that ship. Hello, friend Ego. Hello, Ego. Ah, uh, well, hello, my friends. Wish. It is wonderful to meet any friend of Rangrim's. He is a. Uh, 
quite an impressive figure. I, many, many wonderful encounters we've had together. Did he try to kill you too? <laughs> ah, oh, Rengrim, I like them already. They, uh, they know of your, uh, well, your, your acumen within the, uh, you know, within the mines. Uh, your many, many times of uh, getting us into scripts and scrapes. Well, I mean, I got us out of a fair few also. Remember that whole thing with that Citadel? And it was like, those kids we were supposed to save, and we didn't remember that until we got back to the tavern? Yes, yes, I remember many things about that Sunless Citadel. You remember that, that strange one who carried that coffin with him everywhere? It's just an odd, an odd. Very, that guy, what, people think, I'm odd, this guy. Oh. That's a, that's a story for another time. Uh, uh, Captain, uh, is there... Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised to still see you up. <laughs> yeah, I've been really kind of... <laughs> Congratulations, you got me talking to myself. Yes. I've been... I've been uh, just wondering at these... Uh, I'm glad that you can... That you that you know them and you can vouch for them, because this is... Uh, I think that our... our our ship encounters are going to be uh, a little bit more colorful with these uh, with this crew on board, but I uh, I don't want to keep it's uh, already late enough for me already. So I'll uh, I know I know you're uh, one of the night there, Delmerth, and I'll leave you uh, I'll leave these under your uh, watchful eye if you can uh, make sure that they can at the very least be ready to go in a day or two, and we can get back get on the on the open ocean. And I think. Uh, uh, Captain uh, Captain Combs kind of gets up, uh, finishing the rest of his uh, his drink, and uh, kind of pats uh, pats uh, Ego Delmarth on the back. And uh, without, unless you guys have anything else to say to him, he I think heads off uh, out the door. As as he's leaving, Glenn waves like goodbye, bye, Captain. I love you. Just like turns back to his drink. <laughs> he just does the, the wave kind of as he's leaving, like without turning her back around. <laughs> Well, the eco, it's, it's, uh, shaking up, like, burping all over. It's nice to meet you. Normally in a little better form, but we're celebrating not dying a lot. You understand. It's quite something to celebrate. There's not much celebrating if it's the, uh, the alternative. That's very true. That's wide words. From what I hear, the grog is not as tasty in the astral plane. It can't be worse than what we've been drinking. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> I think that, uh, that I Val say loudly kinda, enough for Val. Yeah, Val, <laughs> you, you you get you get like some stink eye from across the uh, from across the room as Val hears you, but she doesn't say anything. She just like continues passing out drinks. Do I make eye contact with her? Oh yeah, I I think I, I think you might like. Well, I, would you? I mean, would you catch her eye? When I yeah, when I see Val, I go another another round. We got a new friend. One, one more. Yeah, I think you know. Captain's that goes. not there to turn me down. Okay, all right. Uh, I mean, you did just insult her uh, her bar. Let's give a let's give a percentage dice with uh, with some pretty bad odds in your favor. It's a it's a bar mat drink. It's another one. Um, I think that uh, I, I think that she uh, kind of rolls her eyes and uh, she just kind of continues her way, of cleaning up or just like cleaning up things from a table, busting a table. Wow, that's um, that's impressive. You uh, you guys are that drunk, and he's just like, 
looking at Glenn and Cosmo, who are probably like, you know, they're like swaying in, pl in place. He goes, you just seen it. The last time me and Glenn were this drunk, the next day, we had to kill like these giant, awful insect, hokorily looking things underground. And this man was so drunk. They're like 15 feet tall, and he just kept missing it and missing it. I almost died. But I was, think I so did handed. die. Well, almost. I'm yeah, you did. like 18 of them. There was only one, but like... He saw, like he saw a bunch of them. of them. Man, you really are drunk. And Rangram's just gonna like poke him in the chest. And then I'm gonna uh, attempt yeah. to pickpocket him. <laughs> yeah. Um, alright, uh, Rangrim, roll me, uh, sleight of hand. Uh, are you trying to be sneaky about it? Because then you would roll a stealth on top of that, without disadvantage, because you, your armor wouldn't affect you. Like, kind of sneakily, I'm, like, I'm poking him because he's drunk to misdirect and see if I can snag something from him. Okay. Yeah, so I'll give you a straight up and down, uh, sleight of hand and a straight up and down stealth. And then, uh, Glenn, I'll give you a disadvantage, uh, stealth check. Or, uh, sorry, uh, perception check. Perception? Yeah. Oh, sleight of hand oh. and stealth, so... Yeah, I have uh, nothing on that, so I got a 15 on the sleight of hand and <laughs> a 6 on the stealth. <laughs> okay. Uh, my disadvantage, I rolled a 15, and I get plus 6, so 23. Thought this was my time. <laughs> as, as he reaches in to grab, I grab his wrist back, and I'm going to cast a mage hand and try to pick his pocket. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that. Um, uh, yeah, just roll, roll straight up and down. I guess uh, for uh, for sleight of hand. Uh, Twenty-one. Oof. Well, I'm gonna roll because that beats my passive. But I rolled a nineteen in my. Would you say that'd be perception? Perception. So that's a twenty-eight for my perception roll. I'm just gonna grab. I'm just gonna grab a uh, beard cigarette and put it in my mouth. <laughs> Not this time. And then just sit back down. That was the weirdest uh, pickpocket <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I will, the only reason I'm gonna say that it gets it gets passed is because uh, you can turn that hand invisible. So I think that like I think I think Rangram, I think you feel it, but you can't see it, and it confuses you for a second. But fast, it's it's quick enough that he's able to get that that cigarette out of there. I agree. Yeah, I'm not even not even trying to do me. it sneakily at all. It's just purely like. Whoop. <laughs> and I'm already trying to light it with like matches and I'm just like focusing on the table trying to figure out how to do this uh, I think Ego leans over to uh, to Rangrim and goes uh, so Rangrim which uh, which one of these unsuspecting travelers is going to be taking a little trip to the ship tonight um the short one ah yes well it will be easier to carry yeah, absolutely. Hey, Cosmo, how you feeling there, bud? Feeling, uh, I feel good. Feeling nice. Feel like I'm well, ready for bed. Yeah, we all should probably, uh, hit the deck, so to speak. Hit the deck, and then Cosmo drops to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that, like, you just kind of, like, leaned back in your chair, and it just kind of kept going, and it just kind of falls backwards. <laughs> Cosmo like falls backwards and hits the deck and just like rolls underneath the bar, and he just yells, <laughs> "Hit the deck!" <laughs> that's, that's I don't know. Well, uh, 
quite a spirited bunch, at the very least. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we have fun. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we don't have fun at all. Sometimes we... Uh, you don't need to be bothered by all that. <laughs> um, we should probably get a, a golden boy here to bed. Um, so you all rented that, uh, I'll, I'll let the, the plan of how to get Cosmo to the ship, that's, I'm gonna leave that 100% on you all, uh, how you want to do that, um, if you want to do that. But you guys have rented the Emperor's Suite of the Sandy Shanty, which is, uh, three individual rooms, uh, that are all connected via, like, one big, like, central suite hub, uh, so, in which, like, hosts uh or uh, which uh boasts uh three different rooms which uh with these massive like you know emperor size four poster beds with this like purple purple velvet uh angle so um yeah uh what do you all want to do lynn marches well. straight to the master bedroom and doesn't even ask if anybody wants the king and just slams the door behind him and <laughs> takes off his both his swords falls into bed hugging both of them and goes into his little seance coma nap that helps do. So Glenn is uh, out for the out for the night. His his job of getting Cosmo drunk is done. Now the rest is up to Rangram. Um so where 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 would Cosmo be falling asleep? Is he is he like just asleep on the barroom floor? Well, that I was kind of like I didn't want to like uh, right. So Cosmo would just I guess get up off the ground, and uh, it was just is this the way to the bed? And oh yeah, but here just take take a load off for a second here, mate. And I would just lean him in a chair and like lean it up against the wall for a moment, and like just kind of tuck him in. Like hey, just just take a load off for a second. I'm gonna go check on the room. Oh, all right. This, this nice. Thanks. You're, you're welcome. Very well, always. And, and if and when Cosmo falls asleep, because you didn't make me use it on the statue, I'm gonna animate objects on the chair and just have it bed knobs and broomsticks them directly to the ship. God, <laughs> fucking just getting Fantasia over here. I love this so much. Yeah. Um, well, you've uh, you've learned some new tricks. These. Uh, <laughs> That is quite impressive, my friend. Yeah, right. It's, it's so much better. I was going to do this other thing. Would have been a bad idea. This is a way better use of my talents. And I just imagine Cosmo passed out on a chair that's just walking itself out of a bar. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think that as it leads out the door uh, along, followed by the uh, culminative stairs of every single fucking person in this bar, uh, <laughs> I think, and then followed by uh, you and Ego as you <laughs> march Cosmo out the front door and towards the docks. Um, yeah, Cosmo, I'll give you, uh, <laughs> roll me just like, uh, yeah, just roll me a uh, perception check with uh, disadvantage. Okay. Perception, it's a 12. Yeah, I, I think that uh, with how drunk you are, I don't think that. I think you're like kind of, you, you hear Cosmo like let out like a kind of uh, snore, like a snore and snort at some point. And you're like, oh, and you kind of stop the chair and he kind of goes back to sleep. And then I think you continue it on. 
uh, all the while, uh, just kind of uh, ego, like laughing about it. And you guys kind of just catching up and <laughs> about uh, whatever else and joking around about this, this hilarious uh, occurrence events. And then sooner rather than later, you find yourselves uh, at, at the, uh, at the kind of gangplank, uh, you know, leading on to the second chance ship. Amazing. So like I would have the chair stop with Cosmo just facing as far out into the open sea as he can. Whatever trajectory just only allows him to see the open ocean. So you set him up on the deck, looking out, facing outwards um, towards the uh, the open ocean, basically the opening to like that the sea. That's quite amazing. Uh, I love that visual. So I think Cosmo, you are uh, set up on the, uh, you know, kind of, I think the ship is kind of, obviously it's set up at the harbor sideways. So like you're kind of basically on the opposite side of the gangplank looking outwards, set up all the way against the edge so that like the edge of the ship is kind of like below your viewpoint and you're just looking out into open ocean uh, when you will be waking up. Okay. Um, Rangram, uh, would you be uh, staying on the ship, or would you be uh, bidding uh, Ego adieu and heading to your uh, your bed inside the tavern? What would you be doing? I would be bedding down right next to Cosmo, directly next to a pail that I have ready full of seawater. Okay. Awesome, awesome! I love it. Uh, I think uh, I think after you make your uh, you know your plan known to Ego, he goes. Well, I, <laughs> I cannot wait to see this. Um, I'm going to uh, bid you adieu for the night and go spend the uh, spend the night in my quarters below. I have a quite a wonderful hammock, but you can enjoy this uh, much hard, harder floor. And I will see you in the morning. Likely, I will be woken up by the horrified screams of your uh, friend and companion. If you hear um, like lightning or like thunder, don't come. Uh, he's probably trying to kill me. I, well, <laughs> with that, with that foreboding warning, I, <laughs> I bid you good night. Good night, Ego. Good to see you, my friend. Um, Ego walks down down below deck and uh, disappears. His character and is never never. In the, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and <laughs> just go. kidding. And he's gone. He just he evaporates. That's it. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, awesome. So, um. I think that we can do a, uh, we can jump to the morning. Um, Glenn would be, uh, as, as always, uh, Glenn would be waking up first, even after, you know, going through a heavy night out. Um, Glenn, you went to bed fully in all of your armor, all your clothing. Like normally you probably would disrobe and, you know, do whatever else before bed. Um, aside from snuggling with your, with, with your scimitars, uh, when you wake up in the morning, uh, one thing you notice is the there is a hole that has been burnt through uh, the pocket of your robe and laying on the bed next to you in a black circle that is like slightly burned down to the bedding is that dark, uh, that dark metal, uh, not dark metal, it's like a dark tungsten almost, uh, like, a, like a dark grayish metal scratched coin that you picked up off of Adna's uh, basically her corpse the, the first time when she actually died, um, but is very reminiscent, very similar to that coin that you originally found uh, way, way back um, that you had been talking to uh, for quite a while. Um, but it seems like in the night, though it's not active now, uh, seems like 
something was trying to get a hold of you. I was too too hungover or too drunk to answer the call. Yeah, um, exactly. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah, Glenn with a little bit of a migraine, but for some weird open reason, he's able to shake it off like we all wish we could. Um, he's going to spend his morning doing his his normal routine. So he's going to set his set some candles kind of in that main room. Um, and he's going to see if Chandrell is present to get some sparring done. Yeah. Um, did you want to have any kind of uh, interaction with Chandrell or you want to just go through your normal uh, rigmarole with uh, practicing with her? I think it's mainly like sweat out the hangover. I think it's purely just to like get the, get the blood going. So Glenn's functional. Um, okay. Yeah, that'd be it. Awesome. Part. Yeah, I think, yeah. So I, I think that, uh, I think you all get a, a good, a good session in. I think that when she realizes that you're hungover, I think she starts pushing you a little bit harder. Um, so uh, yeah, just roll me. Um, yeah. Just roll me a, hmm. roll me an athletics uh, with disadvantage. Not sorry, not athletics. Uh, acrobats with disadvantage. Oh wow, roll two elevens, so a dirty twenty. No, awesome. I think that it, even though like you know she's uh she's clearly trying to push you pretty hard to uh make you sweat off that that hangover. I think that uh you actually perform really well even under pressure. I think that it's um it's maybe uh something that uh you, you realize that she's like trying to you know get you to. Uh, falter a little bit and i think that you're uh you know you're gonna try really hard not to lose that uh <laughs> newfound uh you know favor of chandrell so uh but i think that yeah you have uh you have a really strong uh session with her and uh, after after you know and probably feeling a little bit better uh you know she she part departs and uh yeah you're uh you are all you know you're all worked out and ready for the day so i'm going to I guess Glenn is going to uh, take a blanket off of one of the other beds and put it over where the coin has burned a hole into the mattress. <laughs> um, but Glenn's also going to leave the coin like buried in the mattress. Um, okay. Because he is not trying to accidentally answer any phone calls. Um, and then he's going to throw his, his armor on and notice there's a nice new hole <laughs> where the coin was. Um, takes mental note that he probably needs to get that patched up. And then He's going to head out um, and try to track down wherever uh, the prank may have happened, which Glenn remembers it was somewhat related to like the ocean. Um, so he's going to head towards the docks, um, which is like just out. We walked by the docks on our way in, right? Yeah. So the docks would be um, to the towards the coast. So like you know, to if if you're um, if you're looking north. Uh, as you kind of come out, uh, it would be to the west, uh, just just directly to the west, kind of to the the harbor there. Um, so yeah, as I, I think as you're walking out, it's like you know beautiful sunrise. Uh, yeah, so I guess sunrise would be behind you, <laughs> but either way, um, beautiful like you know sunrise that's uh, shining out onto the open uh, open ocean. First day, like really seeing like this this beautiful view, uh, just absolutely, uh, you know, gorgeous, uh, you know, kind of shimmering water that, you know, obviously the same thing that kind of brought you to different coast, uh, east to west, but a uh, similar view to what brought you to Sakal in the first place. So maybe a little bit of uh, reminiscing there. But yeah, you, uh, you find yourself walking. Uh, the city is kind of alive and like, you know, kind of waking up at, kind of as you are, and so, like, there's just, like, people everywhere. So you're kind of making your way through the hustle and bustle, uh, walking actually through the kind of the bazaar, the market, the grand market that's there. And so, like, you're kind of taking note of all these vendors and just, like, seeing the absolute, like, 
crowds of people and like the you know 10,000 plus people that live in this town and just marveling at the uh the fact that you're in a city for the first time in quite a while one of the probably one of the biggest cities you've been in um but yeah you're able to uh successfully uh you know kind of after a little bit of walking uh you make you kind of start seeing the docks ahead of you and I think pretty clearly you can see that silhouetted against the uh, against the kind of like open ocean there. You see one ship in particular that you can see the this strange kind of silhouette of what looks like a solitary figure sitting in a chair uh, on the in the center of the deck of the ship. Cosmo. I was oh. gonna say it, it as I'm approaching, I would more or less understand that Cosmos pretty passed out from the ultimate goal of me drinking with him the whole time and i'm gonna as stealthily as possible get get on board so i could be like as close to experiencing whatever's about to happen to him awesome uh rangrim uh would you like is there anything you had planned before cosmo were to wake up or do you want to be the waking the waking alarm clock for him oh i would be waking cosmo very much rangrim would be waking cosmo <laughs> All right, Rangrim, I think that uh, whatever internal alarm system that you've set for yourself that you've probably honed over your years in the Underdark, having not really having a sun cycle at all, um, I think you wake up pretty early and kind of have a really good internal alarm. Uh, so you, uh, you, you wake up uh, and you are fully rested and fully aware that uh, Chipoy Cosmo is still snoring very loudly next to you in his chair. So Rangrim is going to, I'm assuming on the deck of the ship, there are some hemp and rope or like rope somewhere laying around for various ship oh. reasons oh i'm sure that yeah i'm sure that uh you know our our guest from the previous episode coily the magical rope is probably somewhere around <laughs> okay so i would also take the rope and i would just start shouting cosmo cosmo hoist the missing mass ahoy bow stern and just shouting boat stuff at him <laughs> like violently <laughs> and uh, then throw the rope at him and then if he starts to look like he's coming to i'm gonna then just douse some seawater right in the face we're going down cosmo quick quickly cosmo okay uh cosmo would just i imagine like just jump to just like we're going down it's happening <laughs> and <laughs> cosmo is just like running laps around the top of this what do we do and he's got the rope in his hands just like ah! and uh he runs down below deck uh we're going down <laughs> i i think that ego's sitting like kind of as you're running uh starting to run down below deck ego's kind of like meets you at the bottom and goes my friend overboard we must go overboard save yourself Overboard! And he, like, uh, picks up Ego one. and is, turns around and starts running. Roll me a, roll me an athletics check. Uh, okay. Athletics. Uh, that is a solid 16. Hell yeah. Awesome. You're strong enough to pick Ego up and you kind of, you start grabbing him and so you're trying to run over to the edge and jump into the water with him? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ego, uh, being a dexterous character, uh, a bard, uh, to, be, uh, to be full transparency, um, he, he lets you carry him all the way to the edge, uh, and then as you jump over, the, uh, jump over with him, he grabs onto the edge of the ship and slips out of your hand. <laughs> uh, well, before I would have ran out, I, would I have seen Glynn and uh, Rangrim on the top deck? 
Uh, Glenn, Glenn was not hiding. Glenn, Glenn probably was just standing there somewhere on Does the he, deck trying he, to like give in to the whole like, oh no. He a hundred percent would have turned and just like we're going down and like ran, tried to like basically run his friends off the ship. Glenn cast minor illusion and just removed his hand and it's just a bloody nub. He's like, oh my god, what is happening? <laughs> it's happening again. Where's the beast? Rangrim is not standing. Rangrim is like, the moment he turned around and screamed, we're going down and ran below deck, he just started rolling around the deck of the ship, uncontrollably laughing, fully breaking character. Uh, so Cosmo ejecting himself from this uh, ship as Ego uh, quickly evades him. Uh, I don't know if the... It's just now you're in the water. Armored up, I don't know. You're just, you're just an anchor at this point. I... Is there any water below him, or is he just jumping onto the deck? Like, oh, no. This, he <laughs> where jumped, is he jumping out? He jumped off the, the side of the ship that was facing the ocean. Okay. Into say, the harbor. 50-50 chance. He could just jump yeah. onto the deck and take fall damage. Uh, yeah, actually, that's a that's a good... I mean, I would assume that Cosmo would have probably jumped off the water side. Cosmo didn't know where he was. All right. How about this? Uh... Cosmo. Um, Currently doesn't one... know where he is. Okay, so we're going to do this. Uh, evens, uh, how about this? You can roll it. Evens, you jump onto the uh, the harbor side. Odds, you jump into the water side. That's fine. Go for it. Go for oh, it, Cosmo. Roll, oh, roll D20. a D20. I yep. roll a D20? Oh, okay. Odds yep. even. Evens is even is on the deck. Uh, odds is into the water. The 14. You, so the Cosmo... Cosmo uh, dives off uh, with Ego kind of grabbing onto the railing as he's as he's jumping off. And Cosmo, you instead of hitting water as you probably expected, you go splat onto the heart the the deck, maybe like a good six feet uh, below the uh, below the ship, and kind of just land on your face, kind of spread eagle, um, and uh, then kind of probably roll over on your back and see your friends uh, and Ego, who has kind of pulled himself back onto the ship, all of whom I would assume are laughing. Oh, Rangrim is uproariously like, losing it, like, like hugging ego and like jumping, like laughing, crying, pointing at Cosmo, falling backwards, just every, the whole gamut of emotions from that amount of laughter. Cosmo taking a second, just laying on the ground, just like, but that's better. And <laughs> it's dude. He just rolls over. It's making like snow dwarfs, <laughs> earth, earth angels, deck angels, in the just on the ground. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I think that it, I think you get the um, you know, being on the the basically the deck of the, like the harbor that's like you know kind of over here. I think it's you get the smell of uh, you know sea and or salt and dirt and stale ale and urine and all of those all those fish all of those things all those wonderful smells are kind of uh, greeting smells. you as you're laying on this on this floor Glenn's gonna like just one two hop over the side of the boat and land next to Cosmo on the deck and he's gonna just hold out an arm to pick him up I'm uh I'm starving how you feeling today Cosmo is uh going to take his arm and he's going to just hug him down uh, and just says I'm feeling sick Glenn 
is gonna collapse. There's no way he's gonna beat a strength check, and he's gonna like go to a knee. He's like, you know what? I heard there's some uh, squirrel stew just uh, in one of these little shops around here. Got good breakfast food for you. So breakfast is on uh, Rangrim this morning. Yes. Like pats him hard on the stomach, stands up, and starts walking off the dock. There are a Rangram lot of things over the side of the boat. He's like, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I got Argabar food. There are a lot We're more going things. down, and he just kind of walks off to make his way off the main part of the ship. <laughs> there if are I... going to be a lot more things on you, Rain Grim. Uh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm fully aware. I know I said it before, but this is going to be quite a voyage with uh, the three of you involved. I, uh, I have some things to take care of to uh, prepare for our journey ahead. Uh, you know, do whatever you need to do, but uh, if you can, check in uh, by at least tomorrow so that we can, we can, we're going to try to set off in the next, uh, you know, day or two, so. Oh, absolutely, Ego. I can't thank you enough for that bit when you made him <laughs> see we had to go overboard. Oh, man, this is going to be great. Oh, oh. We'll catch you later, and he goes to catch up with Glenn probably coming around the other side. Trying to meet him around the side of the dock, whichever, which way we went, you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you know, shielding his eyes from as the sun's coming up, uh, ego kind of like uh, dips his hat again, uh, and then uh, kind of goes back below deck. Yeah, yeah, I saw a spot for us to grab breakfast. Uh, happy to lead the way. Just follow me, boys, and Rangram, get ready to pay. Uh, yeah, going. that's fair. And he extends an arm out to Cosmo. Like, Come on, it was, it was pretty good. You got to admit, that was a good one. Uh. Good is uh, definitely out for trial, but it was definitely one. That's for sure. <laughs> but not the last one. Um. Yeah. No. Bro, well, the last one. That's. I mean, I could go out on top. That one was great. I don't know if I'll top it. That was definitely fine. But oh, uh, come on. I'm not Let's even sure I want to go the... on this voyage with you guys anymore. Gonna just pick on me. Oh, that's not true. Well, it is I mean, true. To be honest, you don't know this. I was trying to steal from Glenn last night because he's always stealing from us. So, Son of a you just an easier mark, my friend. You fell asleep in the chair, and I literally just made it walk here. I barely had to do anything. You did break the cardinal rule of falling asleep with your shoes on. That is like leaves you wide open. Mm-hmm. I don't even it's remember okay. falling asleep, let alone with my shoes on. So I can blame you for that one. That was my job. <laughs> um, Glenn, are you? Are, so you, you mentioned the squirrel stew. Are you leading them into the uh, kind of the grand market then uh, to try to see if you can like if you grab some food and then kind of head out the rest of your day? What what's kind of your intention? Where are you leading them? I'm going to take them to the crooked tooth to see ah someone who probably has a crooked tooth. <laughs> uh yeah okay that's um that's interesting okay cool um so uh leading them back through uh you all kind of pass probably go skirting around because like the hustle and bustle of the grand market is uh just it is called the grand market is it not i'm trying to sure number nine yeah 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 it is yeah Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, the Grand Market. So, like, it's a huge, like, it just, it's like a, you, you can see circles of wagons, like, these more, like, like, solidified shops, these kind of, like, more, like, tent-esque ones. Like, it is just, like, a whole, like, flea market-esque setup. It's monstrous, and there's just, like, lots of people milling around. So, like, 
it's in the kind of the circular area, like between you and the Sandy Shanty. So you'd have to pass directly to it going from the harbor. But you can kind of, you probably skirt around it if you're not going to be going into it because walking directly through it would be difficult. Chaos, got it. Um, so you probably skirt to the side of it, taking notice of all these, uh, you know, just these sellers hawking all these different wares, food, everything, like everything you possibly can imagine. Um, you probably hear at least, uh, you know, at least the sell- yell of squirrel stew at least one point at, in there. Uh, but you pass by that uh, heading to uh, a kind of like, I, I don't know, Glenn, would you, I, I assume you probably would have uh, asked about the location of the crooked tooth at some point. Yeah. So Glenn, when he was talking last night to uh, Kelvin, or uh, sorry, Delvin. Captain Combs. Yeah. Captain Combs. He would have been, he would have inquired where the crooked tooth was. Cause that's where he alluded that the, the seedier side and where some of the fencing might have been happening. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, uh, like, kind of uh, passing back to that, uh, you would you, you just remember uh, Captain Combs. Yeah, it's uh, the Crooked Tooth is kind of a little bit more uh, in the seedier part of town. It's uh, generally, I mean, you were you were talking about wanting to, you know, get in touch with the kind of underbelly of Westreach, and I think that it's probably the best place to do it. I, I probably talked to Reggie. Um, so you kind of like harken back to that in your mind. Um, but yeah, so you're able to kind of probably takes you a little bit uh, to kind of lead everyone through there. And I don't know if there's anything you all wanted to do, uh, you know, on your journey, aside from, uh, you know, maybe throwing up once or twice in Cosmos uh, condition. But uh, Glenn would have actually warned the guys, um, said, boys, you're going to want to keep your cloaks over anything you got that shiny. Uh, I would close all your coin purses. We're going to go. There's probably a good chance that I'll get pickpocketed. So just keep an eye out. But we're we're going to go see if we can't find maybe who's been leaking information to the pirates um, or at least maybe someone who's been selling the, the stolen product. So Cosmo, this is not going to be a place you would like to be, but just keep an eye out. Would maybe it, use some uh, of that, uh, that intimidation of yours to maybe get some answers. Place I don't want to be will... Uh... I, do you need me to go? We I, don't need you, but I, I just always enjoy having two burly dwarves standing next to me, backing up all the crap I'm about to spew off, so it's up well, to you. That's uh, whatever. I'll just sit outside and eat everything that Rangrim will pay for. We wow. could definitely go in with him, but stopping at like every vendor cart and just like loading up on snacks. You know, the yeah. absolute just like charcuterie board of like hangover snacks. There's like some, yeah. probably some form of like some sort of fried vegetable. Oh, I was going to say absolutely some of the rain, some like some of the uh, Sakalian rainbow corn elote on the way over there. Yes. Oh, yes. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Rainbow elote for himself too, though. Oh yeah, Ken, that's what yeah. we're talking about. Glenn's down. And then it, other than that, it's just like a plate. There's like I don't know, Sakalian onion rings and like a slice of pizza that's deep fried. All un, like all greasy, all, all greasy, and yes. then like there's like half of a Reuben on there too. Just everything he could yeah. get. Where, where do you go? There Glenn, you go. Glenn looks for his well. Sakalian cheesesteak to soak up the alcohol. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, awesome. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll jump over to, we'll figure out where Cosmos, uh, Cosmo, actually, where, where would Cosmo be headed in the interim? Oh, you're muted. Cosmo's staying. Cosmo's oh, you're staying? Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. Did you say you're going to wait outside or you're going to go in? I'll just I'll wait outside. Okay. Well, that is um I think that that's going to be a moot point uh because when you all uh walk up uh and try the door, uh it is locked and there does not seem to be uh it doesn't seem to be like it seems to be quiet, um, essentially. Like maybe this place doesn't open right now, uh, this early in the day. Um, any, and you any signage on the doors? Uh, there doesn't seem to be any signs. It's not like a like gone fishing or anything like that. Uh, it, like it, I, there's no like hours of operation posted on it. It just is like you go to open the door and it's locked, and you can't see any lights from inside. Is there um, are there windows on it though? Yeah, yeah. There's some windows. Yeah, there's Can there's I... like some really kind of like smoke blackened windows that are kind of like uh, maybe mm. have like a little bit of a shadowy effect. Uh, looks over to yeah, yeah. Gonna look look at a Rangram and say, you, "You take that window. I'll take this window and do the try to look in." Okay. Uh, yeah. Roll me a uh, investigation check with disadvantage because of the line of sight. Well. Uh, <laughs> 10 total. Okay. I know Rangram has pretty... Wait, no. One of them is bad. One of them's good. I'm good at investigation. Bad. He's bad. At I'm bad, and I rolled a natural one. So my <laughs> yeah, face is yeah. a dirty window. You're looking the other way. <laughs> I can't um, see because there's a bunch of light and I'm still eating the elote with one hand. I think that um, Rangram, with your natural one, uh, you hear a, uh, a voice from behind you goes, Now what would you be doing looking in that window? Um, I was looking for the bathroom, and I'm just turning, still eating the elote. Uh, yeah, you turn around to see two figures. Uh, Glenn, I assume you would hear this voice too, and when you turn around, uh, you see two figures that look pretty familiar to you because you saw them looking, kind of peeping at y'all through, uh, the alleyways, but it's these, um, it's a halfling, uh, and a human who, they're, the one thing about them that's a little bit strange is that one thing they're they're really dirty, uh, but they are also kind of like weirdly hairy, like in in like uh, like hairier arms than normal, like kind of like facial hair that creeps up a little bit higher than maybe it should. Um, and as they're talking, their teeth are a little bit sharper than, uh, especially their front teeth, are a little bit sharper than they probably would normally be. Uh, and the the one that's addressing you is actually the uh, the halfling, um, and the kind of human is standing uh, standing back. Uh, little bit kind of like casually leaning against a building not looking aggressive by any means neither of them are looking super aggressive they're just uh kind of they are there and they uh are questioning you on uh, what you are doing at this building uh glenn's gonna kind of cut off Rangram as he starts to starts talking goes uh well boys we're i mean here for probably what every other person comes here for we're here for business this is not where i'd be able to find reggie yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about any Reggie, but inside check. A... Okay, yeah, roll an inside check. That's terrible, Kenny. Uh, nine. Okay, um, I think that, I think this this person is adept at lying, um, and so I'll just I'll say that you you're it's really he's really hard to read. I think that he just he kind of off the cuff is just like, I don't know anything about Reggie, but. I know that you probably shouldn't be creeping around this place, uh, and especially not when it's open. Why don't you come back later tonight? Well, uh, uh, that's not what Reggie said. Roll a persuasion check. Or it's, uh, I guess it would be deception. It's totally deception. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I do get a plus two to that, so that makes that a five. 
I think I think he just kind of looks at you and smirks and goes, "You you might be in the wrong part of town for you know. Why don't, why don't you come back later and why don't you uh, maybe then it'll be open and you can talk to or find this Reggie you're looking for." But you mean for you the don't time know being, Reggie? everybody knows Reggie. Uh, Glenn's gonna like cut steps like. It's it's fine, Ragnar. We we'll we'll come back later. And then like without skipping a beat in Thieves Camp looks to the halfling and says, What was your name so I could let Reggie know you're the reason we didn't show up for our meeting today? Alright. Uh roll me uh uh roll me a percentage dice. Um because I think that um I think one thing we've covered before in this campaign, but I think that it's it's something that's gonna come up more now is that um because you're from uh Zephyr, a different continent, that the the manner of your, uh, I guess the dialogue of your thieves camp would be different than that of Sakal. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll roll me that percentage dice. See what kind uh, of, what percentage that he understood, that you were able to convey your message. 52%. <laughs> so he gets exactly half of that. Uh, and what was it that you said? Um, can I get your name so I know who, so I can tell Reggie who made us late for our meeting today? Basically implying you're slowing down Reggie's business. Name your meeting, and then the other words are just gibberish. <laughs> What's name? Tell Reggie meeting. I don't know where. Anyway, I, I think I think he kind of like looks at you puzzled and starts to say something, and then uh, kind of signs back to you. Um, in which we'll have to also figure out because uh, I mean you would only pick up a percentage of it, so I'll I'll, I'll roll that as well. Um, 20%. <laughs> Love it. I think you just get, I think crossed you just wires, get, yeah. just crossed yeah, wires. I, I think that what you get is, um, uh, later. I think that's all the word. That's only word you get is you get the concept of later. That's Got all it. you get. Okay. Uh, and Glenn's gonna kind of like turn the shoulders of the guy. So Glenn is the one in the back and he's going to kind of move the dwarves towards uh, the part of town, aiming them back towards the market. Um, and Glenn is going to keep the closest of eyes on those two and is going to be just kind of scanning for pickpockets and lurking shadows and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, Glenn's going to kind of help guide the guys back towards that main market where things were just going crazy. Uh, I think that the halfling uh, in a very kind of like, kind of like a sarcastic manner gives you all like a, like a, Bye bye, bye bye, yeah. wave as you all are leaving, and then uh, the human kind of laughing uh, leads the way as they kind of uh, slink back into one of the alleyways. Ringram's walking away, giving them the finger, but he's actually thumbs up in them. <laughs> <laughs> the street going the other way, and he's Perfect. like, I still can't figure this thing out. Uh, yeah, it, it when does like Glenn's gonna just whisper like to the guys, like, we uh. That, that could have gone better, but that wasn't too bad. They were just kind of casing us out. We can, uh, I didn't even chalk get that a, up as a win. Didn't even get a chance to intimidate him. Just your sheer presence and the amount of food we watch you consume in that short amount of time probably struck fear. But uh, they're not the type of people that are necessarily going to shake as easily. So we'll, we'll come back. It'll it'll be fine. We'll uh, meet Reggie when, as they say, the the business is actually open. Must be a. Uh, as they would say. A private only thing right now. There were definitely people in there. I, I felt it. There had to be. Yeah. 
that's actually something uh, I will say that Glenn, I think you did just, you rolled pretty bad, but I think that you got the concept that you might've felt like you saw like a potentially a shadow or a shifting shadow or two. Yeah. I might. Yeah. Yeah. Not even like meta gaming. Glenn would have like understood that you <laughs> dark out the window so you can do shady things during the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, awesome. So where would you all like to go with the wide world of West reach in front of you? Uh, well, boys, we, uh, have all sorts of options ahead of us. Um, I know we got to be at the ship in the morning, so we could probably load up and spend some of this gold that we, that we've been making. Um, I'm always good for a, an enchanter here and there. I know there's supposed to be a pretty good one in town. And we got another tinker kind of similar to Poe. Uh, we walked by him on our way in. Any of that sound interesting for you? Well, I mean, I've definitely got some coin we could spend. Um, I'm, I'm fine uh, going anywhere. But Cosmo, I'm only buying you f- food. You don't get like new armor or weapon out of this. Like I'm not that flush with coin. It's well, it's that's fine. Uh, I don't. I'll I buy mean, a couple ales later. I'm not drinking. The rest of the time we're in Westreach. That's that's fair. You take that to the bank in case you. <laughs> I was gonna say, don't uh, I don't awesome. Don't make uh, don't don't cash checks you can't or don't don't write uh, checks you can't cash. Wow, that was really difficult for me to get out. Uh, well, boys, let's uh, let's go see if we can't pick up something similar to that that shield that. Cosmo Botnet or Ranger Botnet's sweet fanny pack. Cosmo's been rocking. Well, uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually pretty good on enchants and things. I might wander up to the temple. Uh, okay. Do you want to do that separately, or because I would, I'd kind of love to see what happens when you walk inside a holy building, considering the last few weeks we've been <laughs> seeing you interact with gods. Can we can we hit the enchanter and then the temple? Yeah, cause I'm, I'm kind of I'm I'm wondering too what happens if you walk into one of those temples like does it melt or do you like glow does different colors? Do the gods like come to life and start to be smiting? fair? I think that Cosmo does have like three thousand gold or something like that, some ridiculous amount of money too to spend. So probably, but uh, all right. Well, then let's let's wonder. Let's just make it quick. Oh now. Glenn so Glenn like heard of the belly of the beast from like previous stories and whatnot of Westreach, but he doesn't mm-hmm. actually know where it is, so Glenn would probably have to ask around. But like okay. you look for the the most wizardy or sorcerer looking person that he can find and just like walk up and say, excuse me, sir. Like tap him on the shoulder. <laughs> Make up a character, motherfucker. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> NPC overload. <laughs> uh, sure. Why not? Um, actually, I'm gonna approach. Wizardy. I'm gonna approach. I'm gonna approach the most wizardy, sorcerer-looking person that also probably has a child right next to him. Just uh... okay. Um, I I love this. Um, yes. What can I help you with? Hey, uh, new to town. We're trying to actually track down a 
a, a shop uh, it's the enchanters you guys have in town it's the the belly of the beast or the belly of the bear or something like that is that, is that ringing any bells yes of course i'm so glad you came over to dags the marvelous did that are you a shop as well or is your name dags the marvelous Oh, I'm just doing some personal branding. As you can see by my wonderful wizardly attire and my, my voluptuous name, Dags the Marvelous. He's definitely your kind there, Glenn. What marketing and branding are you working on? What is your, what are you selling is a better way to phrase that. Illusions, my friend, and he kind of does. <laughs> I think he pulls, um, I think Illusions. he pulls. I think he pulls his hand out of his uh, out of his like wizardly robes, which I'm just gonna say have to be blue with the like quintessential yellow stars, like totally like the wizards cool. of wizards. Uh, pulls a out of his pocket, holding this like uh, this bird of sorts, and then flows it throws it into the air, where it promptly falls to the ground uh, with a flood uh, as it is not alive. And go, and then he's, but where did the bird come from? But that's some real fantasia. Oh shit! I've ever seen. And he's gonna, I don't. He kicks it. Kicks the dead bird. <laughs> Is it a losing? Oh, I right? can't return that now. Return it from what? I'm so confused. I thought it was an illusion. You said you're selling oh. illusions. I oh, didn't... I need to practice more. Oh, they'll never let me in the guild like this. There's a there's a guild here. Oh yes, a magician's guild. Oh, you're oh, you're that kind of illusionist. They're not like magic, like slide a hand, kind of like this, and like make a coin appear in one hand, and then snap my fingers. It's in the other hand. Oh, you must teach me your ways. No, absolutely not. Where was Belly of the Beast? There's. Uh, I wanted to hear about this guild. It's, it's more of a traveling. It's more of a traveling guild. It, I, I received one of their one of their writings that I as much if I send a certain amount of gold their way then they'll allow me into the guild. Alright. It's your lucky day, friend, because I happen to be a representative of that guild. And I'm gonna reach into my pocket and I'm gonna pull out the the paperwork stating that I'm a constable and I'm gonna do like the badge flash super quick so we can't read it and put it back in my pocket. Uh, Rangrim, we, with advantage. Rangrim, we, we said we we're going to keep the, the guild's business under wraps, not just do it on the street. You can't just whip oh, that the out. The man is so devoted. How could I How could I deprive him of his guildly um, tithings? Sounds like a bad word, but I'm still going to say tithings. Uh, his illusion magic is on point. He's going to kick the bird again. <laughs> that would be a, fifth, that was a 15 on deception. Okay, um, I'm gonna roll a. Uh, I'm gonna roll the Rangrim dice against you. Whew, he actually rolled really well. Um, I think that he looks at you with a little bit of a skeptical eye. I think he. I think he. I think he caught a little bit of that, and it does. It doesn't. You know, things are a little bit. Uh, don't smell quite right to him. He goes, but I'm. I was told that I'm only a level one uh, in the guild so far, but I need to pay 500 gold pieces to get to level two. And How that's exactly can I see? Why. I Can I could... see your guild badge? Well, that's the thing, because being an illusionist, you can't see it until you're level three. But trust me on this one. And he points to his eye, and I cast Thaumaturgy, and I just make it change, like, a bunch of colors. It's just, like, shuddering, like, film reel 
All right, uh, deception with advantage then, I guess, again. Natural 20. Ooh, <laughs> there we go. There it is. Sorry, Dags. Thank you, Danny. Oh, 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 you really are one of one of the high-level uh, guild members. I, oh, well, I, I don't have the 500 gold to make it to level two, but I, I just have but a piddly 250 gold that I'm still saving. Well, with that trick you just pulled with the bird, I think we could offer you a discount. I, I don't know. Rangrim, you sure you want to want to do this? Yes, well, yes, Rangrim. That trick. Sure, you want to discount it? Um. Or, well, we'll see. Give me one more trick. I think that um, in his other hand, he pull he he reaches uh, he kind of like reaches his hand out towards you, uh, and he sprays uh, what uh, what seems to be some sort of like. Kind of like it smelled like petrol smelling, like kind of like kind of like a turpentine, uh, kerosene kind of uh, fluid. It kind of sprays into your face, uh, Rangrim, and you you hear the distinct sound of like a kind of a click of some sort of igniter uh, that tried to go off uh, and goes. Uh, but but where did the liquid come from? Um. Well, that one. <laughs> that that was. Um. We will. Let's say you do need some practice. Uh, so I can't give you the discount, but I will keep a ledger um, right here of 250 gold. And I'm uh, pretending to write on my hand, and then I'm like, and I like jazz hands. Huh? Are you taking the gold? Absolutely. Okay. Lynn's not stopping him. Oh, it's a. Oh, it's a dream come true. I, I'm so close, and uh, just for your own safety, I would probably stay as far away from open flames for the next until that dries off. Um, all right. I was gonna test that theory, but I'm not. I'm not gonna for my own personal safety to protect the beard. So, Spare. Dags, for the third time, and really just to see if you get to even show up to the next magician's meeting. Where is Belly of the Beast again? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, it's... One second, let me look at the map. <laughs> I don't remember where anything's at. Oh, yes, it's a... It should be directly north. Okay, well, uh, we're going to head over that way, and, you know, because you were just so helpful, we're going to... We're going to give you this, and next time you meet another magician, make sure you show it to him and really highlight the fact that you're part of the guild, and I give him uh, the Baldor coin. Oh, okay. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Just to see what happens. I love it. Oh, oh, this is this is quite delightful. I haven't seen something of this in person, but I never ran into such high-level guild members as yourself. I and he kind of reaches down and picks up the uh, the dead bird off the ground and kind of dusts it off and goes, "I'll see if I can recoup a little bit of coin to get me on my way to my level two guild membership." I want to just throw the bird in the water that 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 trick is pretty pretty dead literally and figuratively you just might yes. want to let that one go work right, on something you're, else you're definitely kicking the dead bird by trying it oh well how about this one and he throws he like does a flourish spins in a circle and grabs something out of his pocket and throws it down the ground uh and this whatever smoke bomb impotently goes off only making obscuring about up to his ankles 
uh, and then kind of like just like this like shimmering smoke and it's kind of on the ground and he kind of like ducks down and like just slowly kind of like walks behind this cart to the side of you <laughs> and is is out of sight. Osmo gives a nice slow clap. Where where did he go? Wow. I'm so amazed. It's what? like he disappeared before my eyes. What a true magician. Let's go, Raider. Start walking to the belly of the beast. Start heading north. <laughs> he, awesome. deserved, uh, he deserved yeah. to have his gold taken. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're going to start paying for levels, you're, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, well, after that uh, delightful encounter, uh, you all... Uh, you all make your way north, uh, passing through parts of the city that you haven't seen, uh, skirting around, uh, you know, the the temple that's kind of on this, like, huge, like, it looks like, um, it's not like a, pe- it's not like a stone that's, like, like, fallen off the cliffside or anything like that, but, like, it's definitely, like, was this, like, large, like, stone, like, rounded stone mound that has been, like, flattened on top, um, but it, it goes up a good, like, 30 feet uh, kind of like towering above this city um, and you as you're kind of skirting around it I think Cosmo it likely draws your eye a bit as you're kind of skirting around this temple to the seven um, and uh, you can see a pathway that kind of like leads uh, in this kind of like uh, zigzaggy pattern up and around uh, heading up towards the uh, the entrance of this uh, to get you on top of this kind of rounded plateau to where that chapel of the se- or the temple of the seven gods would be uh, and you just probably take note of that um, how far away, like up the hill, is it? Like, it's a probably like at least uh, like mm, I'm gonna say it's higher than that. I'm gonna say it's like so fifty feet. I'm gonna say it's a 50, 50 feet. That's how high. Like, so five stories, I guess, is how high this like stone mound is. And then there's a plateau on top, and that's where the temple is. Um, temple compound. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, Cosmo, it obviously just catches his eye and peering up at the space. I know I could probably see maybe the the peaks of the buildings or certain structures. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually going to cast uh, my divine sense to detect good and evil kind of just from the space. Okay. Um, is there a range on that? 60 feet. Okay. Um, I don't think... So it's 50 feet to like up on top and then it's obviously like much wider once it gets up there but like it's 50 it's 50 feet directly up this uh and then over so like i'll say that like maybe you don't know exactly how much of it you're getting you're maybe getting some of the temple compound um i'll say you don't get any anything negative though like whether or not that means you fully encompass the entire thing or you know just got a part of it or whatever but you don't get anything um you know from that that's fine but yeah you can see the top um, of this rounded kind of like chapel uh, building that's up there. It's like very large temple building that has kind of like a, um, like kind of the piece in Tetris that no one ever likes, the kind of T-shaped, uh, T-shaped building uh, with like this huge like dome uh, that's up on top of it. That's kind of like all made out of like this clear crystalline glass that you can see kind of uh, shining in the, you know, in the morning light. Got it. Um, yeah, so you all make your way around it, uh, obviously, you know, paying attention to that uh, temple up on the hill, and uh, after a little bit of kind of searching, walking through the alleyways, you know, passing by 
the numerous amounts of people that are in this town. You're, you, re, you find yourself in this area is a little bit more residential. There's like, um, there's a lot of buildings that like are probably privately owned. It's not as much like just so densely full of shops. Uh, and you come to this uh, small kind of like unassuming building that is kind of off to the side. And on the front of it, there is a, there is a, a sign that is very ornately painted. It looks like it is a dragon, a red dragon. That's uh, It's kind of a red and gold sign, red dragon upside down on its back with X's over its eyes. And it's kind of stomach is kind of like bloated upwards. And it has a bunch of uh, like weapons stuck into its stomach, uh, each of which have like a different letter for its uh, handle. And it says belly. And then kind of written below that on the stomach, it says of the beast. Uh, and I think that that's what you see on this like kind of dead dragon with all these weapons sticking out of it. Um, but yeah, there's just a, uh, it, it, there's no windows on it. It's a pretty small, uh, small little building and um, there's just a, a door. Uh, Glenn is going to walk up and kind of like rap on the door a couple times and then just open it. Uh, you hear a kind of a deep gravelly voice that says, come in. Okay. Swing the door wide open, walk up, just kind of beeline to where the voice is coming from. It was like, hello, uh, nice to meet you. Love your nice, quaint shop. What's it look like on the inside? You walk into a space that is eerily familiar um, as you walk into what you would remember as Jargot's Jinxes uh, when it was in uh, when it was in Rockdale. Um, but it is a large uh stone uh, like cobble dark cobblestone building that is like kind of like it's rounded almost like a tower but you're only seeing like you're walking in one door and you're seeing this kind of like cylindrical building that's relatively large um with kind of like a uh, a direct walkway up to uh these kind of stairs that go up to this like um uh, like essentially like a display cabinet uh, that's made out of like some sort of crystal and glass with like weapons in it on tiers uh, similar to a Chuck E. Cheese and uh, then items all around you and then there are these like tall windows that are way high up on this uh, in this tower building uh, that just have like this eerie red light that's shining in and kind of it's like really kind of like stiflingly hot in here but you are guy, uh, greeted instantly um, by a uh, a white Rakshasa, a white uh, tiger uh, person uh, with two different colored eyes, one of which is much bigger than the other, uh, and who has like back bent, bent backwards hands, who greets you all and goes, Welcome to Belly of the. Oh, you guys. Uh, uh, um, come uh, in. How did we get here? I'm very confused. Hey, don't worry about it. He's always got fun things to buy. Jargon, how the hell are you? Well, I was fine until you all walked into my shop. I assume you won't be asking me for anything untoward again, would you, my Dwargar friend? Well, I don't know what the last word in the sentence you just said means, but nope, I wouldn't do that. That would be dumb. It would be dumb. As my friends have told me, it was dumb, and that would be dumb. That's that's actual like some some growth. That was amazing. Random, you just made you made a mistake. I'm impressed. I'm kind of still on a high from Cosmo thinking the ship was sinking earlier. John, we uh, obviously apologize for any previous misunderstandings, but kind of thought we were fighting a demon, and we were kind of right but kind of wrong. So definitely our apologies for any previous awkwardness, but 
love knowing that you have another shop available. What what do you have in store today? Ah, uh, yes. I have bolstered up a few items since you were last year. I would be happy to show you my wares. Um, let me see. So how do we want to handle this? I can, um, I guess I can just, I guess I'll just describe all the items, what they physically look like. And then we can kind of, you can ask more questions about what you're interested in. Um, and we can kind of go one at a time. So, uh, uh, Jargot, uh, kind of who's keeping one, I uh, kind of uh, trained on Rangrim a little bit, uh, but uh, it kind of like, it, you know, does the quintessential shopkeeper thing of like, you know, uh, like spreading his arms across the, uh, and, and shows you all down to the wares and begins uh, showcasing what they are. So you see a couple of things that are familiar to you, uh, some of which are, you know, are still there, some of which I would say that like there's, there's less that are still there, more, some of them have gone, and then there are new items, a good amount of new items. So uh, on the lower level, the, uh, the 100 gold piece or the common level, uh, you see a, what looks like a faux leather beard uh, that you tie onto your face, something you know to be known as the leather beard. Um, the next to that, there is a, uh, a like a kind of a, a go like a goblet, like a tankard uh, that is made out of like a dark, uh, dark silverish material that shows uh, someone kind of winking on the side of it. Um, there is a right next to that. There is a bucket, like this copper bucket that has like for the the top of it. It looks like it's a fish's head. Uh, so like the the bucket itself looks like a big open mouth bass, uh, and then it's just like a basically a copper bucket. Uh, it's size of a normal bucket. Uh, then there is a knife that has kind of a, a pearlescent edge to it and kind of like, unlike a normal knife, it actually kind of curves. Uh, it, it's kind of jagged a little bit and then kind of curves in. Uh, and it has like a, it almost looks like it has, comes to a point as if it's for like, um, Glenn, I think you would recognize this as similar to a tool that would be used for like etching glass or like carving, like carving glass in general, some, a tool for that, like something similar you would recognize from like that thieves would use. Um, breaking, it, breaking into buildings and whatnot. Exactly. Yeah. Something, something, something of that sort. Um, and then next to that, there looks like there is a, uh, like a little uh, container of something that looks like it contains tea. Uh, on the next shelf up, uh, sorry, there are so many items, uh, but I want to give you guys plenty of things to pick from. Uh, there's an item that you recognize. It is a uh, magnifying glass uh, that you saw last time, the Arcanist glass. Uh, there is the uh, a little bag that is holding what you remember to be the small portable hole that you could throw onto something and reach your arm through it. It is smaller than normal, only like eight inches in diameter, uh, and it is discounted heavily because of its flawed demeanor. Uh, next to that, you see what looks like, and Glenn, you'll recognize this as a, um, it's a like flowing cape that looks like it's made out of petals and it's kind of rain, it's like rainbowed in color and it's kind of changing. So it's like going from pink to different colors and it's not changing the same way like, that like Cosmos, uh, uh, basically his his bag of holding, his fanny pack of holding is changing. It's like literally like waves of color. So like it's it's changing from pink fully and then it's turning white and then it's changing. And there's like this kind of like shimmering coming off of it. And you remember that Jargot said that uh, this, this can kind of change color uh, to the user's preference. And it was known as the uh, the pedal dancer's cape. Um, on the, oh, and by the way, I apologize. The T was on that 500 gold piece, the uncommon level. Um, at the, on the higher shelf, uh, you see a Warhammer that looks like it is like smoking and red hot and kind of crackling with some sort of <clears throat> uh, fire energy. There's like, it's giving like a, a slight popping hissing noise. 
there is a what looks like some sort of like chess bandolier that is um, that has a number of uh, like what look like throwing daggers in it, all of which are kind of shining with uh, like one of them is has kind of like ice, like frost coming off of it. One has like some slight green, like poison energy. And one of them has fire and like basically multiple different elements seem to be imbued into these daggers. Um, and then you see this armor that is like, it's like light armor, um, like leatherish armor, but it's yellow and black and has like this kind of a brown cape thrown over one side of it. Um, but you can see that there's a warning, like a poison warning on, on the, uh, like a don't touch basically on this item. Um, below that you see a, uh, which is on the same uh, 2000 gold piece rare level. Uh, there is a whip that is coiled up there. Uh, the whip has a, uh, one second. Uh, it is purple, uh, it's kind of like a purple leather uh, and kind of like um, patent leather whip with uh, like kind of a gold and purple handle. Uh, and then below that, you see a shield. The shield is, uh, main part of it is red, like this dark crimson red uh, with kind of like a silver outline border. And in the center of it, it is a sword going down the middle with scales, uh, like judgment scales hanging off of each, like that are kind of like on each side of that uh, sword. And then of course, back behind Jargot, prominently displayed on the wall in a case, uh, you see what you would know to be Baldur's uh, legendary Gladius. Does that have a price tag on it still? Or, or sorry, there, is there still no price tag on it? It's just in the nope, case? No price tag, just up, up uh, in a glass case back behind. So what can I, what can I get for you today? What can I help? And what can I provide you? Well, uh, I'm going to happily go first, but I'm not sure if you noticed. And I like kind of put my hand into my pocket where the coin was and show like two fingers poking out the leather. I uh, might be in the business or might be in the market for some new, new armor. Um, I noticed that with the whole do not touch sign on it. What, what exactly is that? Ah, yes, you have a, I'm going into ego here. Yes, I, you have very good taste. That is the armor of Amphibios. This armor is enriched by poisonous frog toxins. And while wearing this armor, you have an advantage on saving throws against poison. You have resistance to poison damage. And in addition, the armor has three charges that allow you to, uh, that you can use daily. When a creature within five feet of you hits you with a melee attack, you can use your reaction to expend one of those charges to release poison spray, hence the, the warning. The attacker has to make a constitution saving throw. On a failed, they take 2d6 poison damage and are poisoned until their next turn. On a success, they take half as much damage and aren't poisoned. And it's, uh, it would be uh, studded leather armor is what it would be. Studded leather. I don't know if I can include. Okay, so whatever armor you could wear. So like the highest Perfect. level of leather armor, it can essentially be any armor. But I didn't know if you could wear stuff. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But below that, then that's fine. Just leather armor. Yeah, as long as it's light armor, I can wear it. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's uh, it's any light armor is what this could be. Uh, that's absolutely beautiful piece. Um, do you guys have anything you want to get some more information on? Um. Well, yeah. Uh, what's that? And he's pointing to the fiery warhammer yes yes that's one of my favorites that is the warhammer of eruptions the warhammer of eruptions is what 
One second, must read a little bit. Oh, he like he pops a book out and pulls down his it. little uh, yeah. bifocals, little tiger nose brim. But they're yeah. they're different shapes because one eye is bigger than the yeah. other, so it's like this. Absolutely, absolutely. He's got them sturdy... switched. The little ones on the big eye. This sturdy warhammer has a core of magma at center and heats up during combat. You gain a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls with this with this magical weapon. The first time that this weapon hits its target, it will release a steady stream of embers and smoke. When this happens, the hammer is smoldering in this way. It deals an extra 1d6 fire damage to any target it hits. At the end of each of your turns, while the hammer is smoldering, the fire becomes increasingly unstable. At the end of the third turn, the hammer erupts, a spraying lava, uh, and releasing a volcanic storm from it in a 30-foot cone in the direction of your choice. No action required. Each creature in the area must succeed in a D13 dexterity saving throw, taking 3D6 fire damage and 3D6 lightning damage on a failed save. Or half as much on a successful one. The, the lava then vanishes, the warhammer cools, and doesn't disrupt, doesn't erupt if combat ends or if you drop or stow the weapon before it erupts. Once the warhammer erupts, it loses its property until 2D6 hours have passed. Well, um, uh, that sounds fantastic, but I have another question. What about this? And he's going to point to the tankard with the winking face on it. Ah, well, that one is much easier for me to describe to you. Won't have to look this one up. That is the sober tankard, and it will allow you to, if you are drinking alcohol in it, it will cure it of any kind of uh, any kind of alcohol within it. So you can pretend to not, you could be tend to be drinking or if you were to put any liquid in it and to drink it, you would immediately be cured of any hangover. Um, the not it the the part of it not being booze sounds awful, but the hangover part sounds kind of all right. How much is that? That will simply be one hundred gold pieces. And that that um that that uh, cheesy warhammer that you had. What what is that piece of? Uh, thing go for that will be 2,000 gold pieces well I guess I was gonna see if we could do like a deal there but um I have 1,950 gold pieces roll me I think that you're going to have disadvantage on this persuasion roll, my friend, just because of your recent interaction with Jargon. Well, that's awful because I just rolled another 20. Terrible. 20s? Two 20s. Nope. Not oh, 20s. I thought you That would have been amazing. And you said, uh, what did you say? Persuasion? Yes. Oh. Check me out. I have a plus six to persuasion. So that's a 16. All right. Um, roll four. Roll against you here. You rolled very poorly. I think that I could discount this Warhammer a bit if you and take your offer. Uh, that would be great, Mr. Joggett. Uh, uh, um, there you go. And he's going to hand him all his gold. And then there's another bag of gold that he pulls out that's blue with yellow stars on it that he puts next to it. And he goes, yep, it's all there. Amazing. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, is, is 1950 the total amount that you had? 
1950 was my total gold. Okay. Gold wow. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah. So he, you hand him over those two bags and he uh, reaches down and uh, Jargot's taller than like you guys are. I think he's like, a, I think we talked about him being like seven feet tall or something like that. He's like very scaled up uh, and, and, and a bigger figure. Uh, he kind of like reaches down and with like pretty like seemingly like it's not that heavy uh hands it over to you but when you grab this this hefty warhammer it is i mean it's it's a warhammer ass warhammer and it is it's kind of like slightly smoldering there's like these kind of like uh cracks as, and it kind of like pulsing a red light around the uh the end of it uh, i mean this is cool hey cosmo you gotta teach me how you've been smashing all them heads and whatnot yeah it's true rain grim it's real easy you just you take your hammer, you hit him upside the head. Oh, something's head's getting smushed with this. Right. Um, I'm dropping these into, uh, if anyone's not part of the Discord already, um, I'm going to be dropping these into the uh, our, our D&D channel within the uh, the Discord. And, uh, Jargon, I'm sorry if you mentioned this. Is the, the armor, does that require attuning? Do you need to become real comfortable with that armor? Yes, unfortunately, the armor will require attunement to function properly. And then for the, uh, you mentioned the flower petal cape. We know what that does. And the, the pearlescent knife that you have there that kind of looks like a glass cutter. What, what about that? Does that require attunement or what does that actually do, if you will? Wouldn't mind the, gla the glass carver knife will not require attunement. This is a magical dagger that's lined with a sharp edge and it can magically pierce through glass. Uh, while holding the dagger, you can use an action to cut a straight line up to a foot long into a piece of non-magical glass that is no more than one inch thick. Uh, it will emit a faint glow and blah blah blah, but it will like it will cut through it will cut through glass, and uh, you can you can connect the lines to you know cut out shapes and essentially it's a really really cool knife that cuts through glass like butter. Okay. I think uh, I think I might pass on the armor today, but I've I've had my eye on that cape since last time we saw it. Ah, um, yes, the pedal dancer's cape is a wonderful item. It, I could not describe an item that you know embodies me any better. Uh, I'd love to take that, and I also wanted to know: Did you still have the compass I sold you last time? I was going to mention that. So that was that was. Uh, conspicuously not for sale. Um, as you as you mentioned that, he kind of looks at you and his hand kind of goes to his pocket and goes, oh, yes, that item has proven quite valuable. I, are you looking to reclaim it? Uh, well, I mean, I, I sold it to you. This is not a, not a pawn shop, so that, that's yours. I was just curious if it's, if it's back on the block. Um, but maybe, maybe the next time we meet you and I, I could bring it up again, but I mean, it goes without saying someone who, who needs an item like that must be looking for something. Is there something that maybe in our travels, we might be able to find for you, bring you, bring it back for you. As you quite know, the compass itself is well suited for seeking magical items. I could not have picked a more well-suited item to have acquired. I am constantly looking for rare and magical items in my travels. Though I can enchant my own, there are many items that exist that are beyond my enchanting abilities. So 
anything that you find that is valuable or useful for someone of my persuasions, of course, I would be interested in them. Well, we'll keep an eye out. We'll uh, do our best to make sure we bring anything looks nice and fun for you. So yeah, I'll be taking the the row or sorry the cape and that uh the glass cutter please okay um so that would uh, normally be uh 600 gold i believe because the yeah the glass carver is uh just 100 gold pieces and then the pedal dancer's cape which i'll describe uh, uh cape is made of wonderful aromatic petals as you walk a dusting of petals drifts behind you disappearing before they touch the ground you can change the colors of the petals using your bonus action and while you wear the cape uh you can cast druidcraft as a cantrip at will and creatures uh, with a sense of smell uh, make tax of opportunity against you with disadvantage. So it is flashy and functional. Oh, um, I just realized it's tax of opportunity. Mm. Not wanting it now? Well, I have disengage. No one ever gets mm. tax of opportunity against me. That was all attacks. Hmm. Mm. Mm. You know what? I, I think I'm gonna pass actually on the the Ooh. cape. It's uh, it's beautiful, but you know, it just kind of clashes with the white. You know, it's it's just a little overpowering. Uh, before we before I take off though, the the bandolier of the different different elemented knives. What what was the effect that comes with those? Because those seem like they could do a lot of damage at range. Ah yes, the bandolier of the elements. This is a cross chance bandolier that has six magical daggers sheathed across it. When you take an attack action while wearing the bandolier, you can use a bonus action to throw one of the daggers, making a ranged attack with it. Provided that you have a free hand, when you hit a target with one of these daggers, roll a d6 and consult the table below. I'll provide you the table if you buy it. Uh, <laughs> has acid, cold, fire, lightning, poison, thunder. Uh, the target takes an extra 1d6 damage of the type determined by the table. In addition to the weapon's damage and the dagger, but in addition to the... <laughs> In addition to the weapon's damage, this, this font is so small. Uh, in addition to the weapon's damage, the dagger disappears. On a miss, the dagger vanishes and reappears in the bandolier. Oh, cool. A dagger vanishes if you don't hurl it right away and immediately reappears in your bandolier. Uh, and then daggers will reappear uh, at the at daily at dawn. That's neat. The daggers uh, disappear and then they reappear, but sometimes they don't. I'll say this one sense. doesn't require attunement. Uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna, that really does seem, uh, like a good item, but I still have that bow that you sold to me last time and helped us actually win that fight, so I'll probably stick with that for now. I'm gonna just stick with my Enhanced Thieves tool and take that Prolescent, uh, knife of yours off your hands, and maybe hopefully next time you come through, that compass has found you all something fun. I would be willing to make you an offer. Because of the value that I've found in this, this compass and the fact that I feel like maybe I sold it to you at a lower value than it was worth, I'm a fair trader if, uh, if a greedy one, but I'd be willing to offer you the Pedal Dancer's Cape at a discounted 200 gold pieces if you'd be interested. You know what? Why not? It's, uh gonna let me use my bonus action which you don't understand is more frequently so yeah why not okay so pearlescent knife and the pedal dancer for 300 gold 300 gold pieces and they are yours done done awesome and done. plus you get the the druid craft cantrips i'm sure that'll be fun true 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 um rad 
All right. Last batter, step step up to the plate. What do you got? What do you got? Well, uh, that uh, that shield you got down there, friend. But uh, tell me about it. I thought you were gonna go for the hangover mug. <laughs> well, I quit drinking uh, here. Remember? Ah, uh, yes, the shield of the Judicars. One. Oh. <laughs> one second, hold on. There's a butt ton of text on this one. Um, Perfect. This shield can be used to release a magically dissonant pulse. While holding the shield, you have a plus one bonus to AC. This bonus is in addition to the shield's normal bonus to your AC. Uh, in, a, in addition, the shield has three charges and regains those expended charges at dawn. While holding it, when a creature you see within 30 feet of you casts a spell, you can use a reaction to expend one of the shield's charges and speak its command word. When you do, the target must make a DC 15 constitution saving throw. On a failed save, the target takes a minus two penalty to its spell attack bonus and saving throw DC until the end of the turn, including against the triggering spell. This shield will help protect you against spellcasters. Oh, it's a nifty area. You said it's 2,000 gold on that? 2,000 gold pieces, yes. I think it's quite worth it. So, uh, what do you what do you say this would be worth? Puts chisel down on the counter. Ooh, okay. Um, that's that's that's, that's interesting. Ah, uh, this is he like kind of like pulls out um he pulls out like his own like uh, magnifying glass the like bigger one the with like the kind of like purple think the eye of truth from uh like zelda majora's mask uh pulls that thing out and kind of starts looking at it through this uh, and magnifying his one bigger eye even more uh and this purple like beam comes down that you've seen before when he's been inspecting items uh, and is kind of like inspecting chisel this is this is quite an item. The ability to petrify is not something to be taken lightly. This is, if I'm not mistaken, made from the flesh of a Gorgon. Not an easy beast to slay in the, in the slightest, nor would anyone wielding this item be easy to slay. From what I can tell, this item has been used relatively often by the wear patterns on it. I would be willing to, do you have an asking price for this item? Or would you like me to make an offer? What about Baldur's sword? <laughs> you are a bold one. This item is valuable, but that, that weapon there was, is in a whole different league than this item. But I applaud your your rocks, my dwarven friend. Yeah, uh, that's fair then. Just had to ask. And, uh, well, I guess I'll, uh, I'll take the shield then. Puts the axe back on his back and okay. uh, pulls out a thousand gold. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, so uh, looking, he looks a little bit disappointed, I think, uh, when you put that axe back on your back. Like, it's a really cool item, and he didn't even, he's like, he didn't even get to make an offer, but he's also not going to, like, willingly give that out, so. Um, and uh, he, after taking, like, taking a beat, uh, he 
pulls the the shield out from ben, beneath on the uh, you know the basically the top shelf and uh, sets it up on the counter. Uh, and this really rad looking shield's out there. He scoops up your two thousand gold. Well, uh, uh, I'll uh, think about your offer for the X, and uh, maybe we'll talk again later. Awesome. Um, one, I uh, I want to just quickly go over kind of like some some short descriptions of like some of the other items, just in case we get like one of them in particular is the is the uh, whip that's on the bottom level, is the lash of the spell drinker. Uh, basically, you gain so you have to tune yourself to it, but it you're considered proficient with it, no matter whether you can wield a whip or not. Um, you can uh, if if you want to, you can use your spellcasting modifier uh, for an attack or damage roll made with it instead of your strength or dexterity. Uh, if you're ca if you cast higher than you would with your actual strength or dexterity, um, you can. So when a hostile creature within the whip's uh, reach casts a spell, you can use your reaction to make a melee uh, weapon attack against that creature with the whip. On hit, the target must make a saving throw uh, with its spellcasting ability against your spell save DC. On a failed save, they you learn the level of the creature's highest remaining spell slot, and the creature takes extra force damage equal to that number. So if they're a spellcaster, they take a decent amount of damage from that. Um, when the creature, creature takes force damage from the whip in that way, you choose to recover. You can choose to recover an expended spell slot of an equal level or less. Uh, then the force damage dealt and up to third level. And when the whip has been used to recover a spell slot in this way, it can't do so again until death. So basically you, if you can attack using this and get back spell slots. Uh, That's awesome. Kind of cool. Yeah. So it's a, it's a cool weapon, very versatile. I uh, just wanted to, but it's another rare item. So just wanted to uh, say, and I, I know that's kind of a weird mix, uh, weird kind of fit for uh, for anyone on the party, but I thought it was a really interesting item. Uh, the wide mouth bucket, which is that fish mouth yeah. bucket. Um, it's a brass uh, bucket in the shape of a fish's open mouth, uh, 12 inches across and tall, weighs three pounds. And while it isn't, uh, or while it isn't filled, the bucket can hold up to 10 gallons of liquid, even though it appears to only be able to hold one. Uh, regardless of how much liquid is inside, the bucket's weight only increases by that of one gallon of liquid. And That's it's like, liquid, not water. Yeah. It can be any liquid. Interesting. So interesting item uh, that is on the, that was only a hundred gold pieces. Um, but yeah, I think that that's most of the interesting items. Uh, yeah. Have oh, we heard about the tea before? The tea, a small canister containing uh, uh, 2D, you know, let's just say eight bags of magical tea. Uh, you can seep a bag, a bag of tea for one minute in a cup of boiling water to transform the water into a rich, flavorful tea that calms the nerves and revitalizes the spirit. When you drink a cup of hot tea, you regain one uh, D6 plus two hit points and gain the same amount as temporary hit points. In addition, any effect causing you to be charmed or frightened is suppressed for one hour after, uh, uh, after which any suppressed effect resumes, provided that it, its duration hasn't expired in the meantime. Parse that as you will. Uh, you can drink the tea using an action, although it's most commonly finished over the course of at least a minute. If you if the tea is left cool before you drink it, you regain only half the amount of hit points and temporary hit points, and no of the none of the effects are suppressed. So essentially, it's like soothing, calming tea that gives you temporary hit points and stops you from being uh, frightened or charmed for an hour. Fifty, but that that'd be five hundred gold pieces. But anyway, um, yeah. If uh, if anyone else wants to pick up any last minute items, otherwise, I think we are all. I think that's all of it. Uh, I was, I was going to say, as, uh, as the guy's starting to walk out, uh, Glenn just pretends to walk over towards the mirror and goes, hey, guys, you want to look in the mirror again? And then, like, stop towards, like, no, I'm just, I just, God, jar, God, I'm <sighs> kidding. Starts walking towards the front. <sighs> oh, jeez. I guess it's always something, isn't it, Jogget? I can't just keep these 
kids on their right rails. I don't even know what rails are used for. <laughs> Let's go. And he opens the door. I believe we have uh, some gods to go piss off, right? Uh, sure, but let me tell you something. Before we get up there, we're going to stay low profile. Yeah. You got it. And Rangram just holding this like smoldering molten fire hammer. Like low profile. That's what I do very well. I mean, you've seen you've seen me sneak and hide. I've never been caught before. And he throws out the petal, flowery petal, like multiple colors, and ties it around his neck. What color do you make it? Oh, it's it's full shimmering right now. It's it's just like rainbow. Amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. RGB keyboard mode. It's just going crazy. <laughs> With this like petal, like these petals are kind of trailing behind him and disappearing as they kind of like flow into the air. It's very very ostentatious. I love it. Incognito and high five rain group. And I high five him while just spinning the warhammer low profile, and I imagine there's just smoke billowing from it. I knew I should have left you guys at the boat. <laughs> no, um, who are you can you should have left us at Tin Town. Come on, God boy. <laughs> um, so yeah, one thing I mean, when you guys walked out of Jar, uh, Jar God's or, or Delhi the Beast, um, I, I think that there maybe there was a, a second where you're like, Am I gonna come out in the same town? Uh, and yeah. you were surprisingly still in, uh, you didn't come out in Rockdale or anything like that, which would have been fucking hilarious to do. Um, but I did, that is not the case in this instance. Um, not that Jar got probably didn't think about it. Yeah, uh, just if Rangram wasn't walking like directly next to us, he would have plopped <laughs> Rangram elsewhere. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I, I think that um, is like as you all are making your way, kind of like up, uh, walking or like walking back around towards the sandy shanty, uh, and which is where like the kind of walkway up to the temple of the seven gods is. Um, you can see that there is kind of like these. Uh, there's like this kind of stone archway at the bottom uh, that you can tell it's been recently carved. Like it's it's not like ancient nothing like this this place like there are some like things about it that you can tell are like older that are like that and then there are some of these things that like seem like they're more recently carved like within the last like 50 years or so since the sundering um and you can see that there is like this archway with this like kind of seven pointed star that is that is there uh pointing to all these like different like runic symbols uh that would stand for the seven gods uh who are the oath keeper the battle rager the eternal the trickster the protector the guide and the lawless which are the current seven gods um as you all are kind of seeing this this entrance and kind of like beginning to like wanting to start making your journey up there uh two things happen uh cosmo your your head like you just like you've kind of felt it like it, it's been kind of like you, you just you feel like a slight, like, um, like you're getting a slight headache, just nothing like major. You just kind of feel like, like, kind of like, a, maybe you rub the side of your temple, you're getting a little bit of a headache. Um, Glenn, uh, you hear the flapping of wings, uh, and you, uh, Poe, uh, kind of like lands on, uh, lands kind of like on your shoulder. Um, and, uh, yeah, Poe has returned to you. Uh, just kind of like scratching this little feathers on you. Yeah, I kind of forgot about you. How was, how was your trip? How's, uh, how's Pops doing? So, you, uh, you're kind of, uh, scratching, uh, scratching Poe and, uh, you know, kind of speaking to them. Uh, I don't know. I guess they would communicate to you mentally. Telepathically, yeah. Telepathically, absolutely. 
and you get kind of something that is uh, not what you expected. Um, Poe relays to you that they traveled to Tin Town successfully, got to the town, um, and seemingly everything like was normal, except for the fact that when they got there, Pop's shop was not there. There, where Pop's shop had been, there was just an empty, vacant lot of land. And I think that that is um, that is kind of like you're digesting that. Um, and Poe is communicating that to you. Um, and I think that that's where we're going to end the session tonight. We kill Pops. We're going back to Tin Town. Uh, we're going back, boys. Going back. As we walk yeah. into the temple, Glenn's just already starting the chalice. <laughs> he just like grabs the guys. We teleport back. Cosmo, Cosmo sees the ghost of his dad above Morden or above one Finally, of the statues, and then we just bam back. <laughs> My plot hook. Yeah. <laughs> Character developed. <laughs> uh, Yoink! Back to episode one. Thank you for listening to the Almost Heroes and their mostly 5th edition D&D adventures. We post new podcast episodes every Monday, and you can catch us live on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST at twitch.tv slash bangerangbobby. See you there.